What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Casual Big Ten Podcast. Today is Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024. My name is Kent Peterson. I am the host of this show. And on today's show, going to get you caught back up on everything that took place with Big Ten football. We'll talk some hoops and we'll talk about what's coming up for the casual Big Ten podcast in general. It's a new year. Hope everybody had a good Christmas. Happy New Year. I hope all your teams won. I know they all didn't win, but I hope that your team in specific, if you're listening right now, won their bowl game. I hope they've been winning basketball games. It's that time of year now. Start caring about basketball just a little bit more. Um, I haven't done a podcast in over two weeks. I think the last one was December 16th, our Bet Big finale. Um, couple reasons why. I just, A, didn't want to, and I'm allowed to do that because this is my show. So uh, I thought that the end of the year was a good time to take some uh, some days to myself, spend time with my family, um, especially with my kids out of school and all that good stuff. So I did that. And uh, while I did that, I was doing a lot of thinking about the show, um, about casual Big Ten in general. And, uh, you know, if any changes needed to be made or if I should be doing anything major um, and ultimately landed on. Um, I just want to reload and refocus. So I took those two weeks off, kind of kind of reset my brain. I was still tweeting the whole time. But uh, as far as the podcast, I just didn't have the energy after uh, everything else that was going on to get back up in the studio here or the office, whatever you want to call this and uh, start start recording again. I just wasn't feeling it, but I'm back now after the new year. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling refreshed. I'm feeling excited about what this year has uh, in store for me in general, and also just the Big Ten Conference, all the teams, and uh, getting excited to talk about sports again. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. First time. I've never uh, not done a podcast without a hat on, so that's new too. If you're watching on YouTube, you see my hair now for the first time. I actually have hair. That's true. Um, I guess that's a big change. I don't know. Uh, big bet, big bet, big. It's called. We're going to talk about for just a second. Uh, we kind of finished up the year. Like I said, with the finale, Brad went one twenty nine and 99. If I could talk tonight, see, it's been a minute. I need a minute to like, you know, shake the rust off. You know, I was watching Wisconsin last night basketball. They looked really rusty at the beginning, but they, they kind of turned it around. That's how I feel right now. First half, I'm just a little rusty. You're going to miss some shots here, but uh, I'll start knocking them down. We'll start running the offense. Brad, 129-99 and to finish up that big. Incredible. Incredible. Anytime you pick over 225 games, we did what, what, what's that? 228 games, and you have a 500 record or better, and his was remarkably better 30 games over 500 got to give him a shout out um i finished in second place i say finished we got one more pick to make uh 115 and 113 and then wilson just kind of kind of jogged to the finish line the last few weeks missed some picks and he was 110 and 118 still respectable still right there around 500 thought we all did good i had a blast doing bet big with those guys this year just so much fun uh to get my friends on the show and talk to them about the the lines and the games and just have fun with them and goof off. And I, like just to even get on a call with those guys and just talk to them for a minute, even if it's not about sports is uh, always fun for me. So 
good excuse to do that. We will be picking the national championship game. Obviously, spoiler, Michigan's going to be playing in that game. So two more picks to be had, but uh, Brad's already wrapped up the championship for that. So congrats to him. The first annual casual Big Ten bet big uh, season, I guess we'll call it, is uh, awarded to Brad. I missed a bunch in the two plus weeks that I was gone. Just so much stuff. It's hard not to get back on here and talk about some of this stuff because so many things were happening. Transfer portal is open, and I'm just kind of surprised how many guys have already been making moves. I'm going to list a few of them real quick, but there's more than what I'm listing, obviously. Lots of guys making moves, lots of guys making decisions. This is the state of college football at this point. You have a bad season, or you're not getting along with your coach. You're not stuck there anymore. You just take off and go start with a new team uh, that you think might be better next year. Ethan Kalikamanis, he is going from, this is an in-conference transfer, so I definitely want to talk about those. He's going from Minnesota over to Rutgers. I just got off Twitter and found out that Julian Fleming is going from Ohio State to Penn State. I think that's a big pickup for Penn State, giving Drew Aller another target next year um, to you know throw the football at. So that's going to be great. I thought the wide receivers for them were their weak spot. So um, Julian's a really good wide receiver. That's going to help out Penn State a lot next year. Michigan State, big news. They have their quarterback now. From Oregon State, following Coach Smith to East Lansing is Aiden. Let me make sure I say this right. Is it? I just wrote it down frenetically, too. Childs. Childs. That's right. I had to say it out loud. That's the first time I've said it out loud. I wrote it, but I didn't say it out loud. Aiden Childs from Oregon State. Uh, dual threat. Supposed to be really good passer. Didn't play a ton this year. Didn't have a ton of numbers to look up. But um, apparently, I mean, Michigan State's very excited about this kid. And he's the best quarterback they've had in probably 10 years, I'm guessing. I mean, since Kirk Cousins, right? I mean, is is that the best quarterback they've had since Kirk Cousins? It might be. Michigan State turning things around a little bit. Obviously, we all knew this was going to happen, but Marvin Harrison sat out the bowl game, um, did not play. And that was the right decision. I did get into it on Twitter with somebody that said he was quitting on the team. It just doesn't make any sense why in this day and age, people still don't understand how many millions of dollars are on the line for top 10 draft picks, which Marvin Harrison Jr. might be the top draft pick when all is said and done. He's definitely going in the top five. So to risk playing in a bowl game that really is, um, let's be frank. There was four teams that were playing in a meaningful bowl game, and Marvin Harrison Jr. wasn't in one of those. So there was no reason for him to play. He sits out, made the right decision. Um, on the basketball side, big news in Illinois. Their best player, Terrence Shannon Jr., has been accused of, I'll call it uh, sexual harassment. I think, I mean, let's, let's call it what it is. He's been accused of raping somebody. So uh, I just hate saying that word. It just feels weird even saying it out loud. Uh, there's been reports that have come out that says that it's not true. I tweeted that immediately that I said, I hope this is not true. I've read uh, as much as I possibly could about the situation. And um, I'm not taking a stance here, but I will say that from what I've read, apparently the girl has also accused a few Kansas players of sexually assaulting her. That's a better way to put it, right? It still sounds bad, but a little bit sounds a little bit better. Um, so hopefully this is a false flag and we'll see Terrence Shannon Jr. play again. But as of right now, 
He is uh, suspended indefinitely. We don't know if we will see them again. Side note, basketball-wise, Illinois played uh, Northwestern last night, beat the piss out of them, beat them horribly at Illinois. I was really shocked to see a Coach Collins team get beat the way that they did. Even at halftime, I thought, you know, these guys are going to come back out and fight. They'll get back in uh, better positions defensively. Just wasn't working. Everything for Illinois dropping last night, uh, like I said, against Northwestern. And then to me, the thing that was most impressive and is what triggered a tweet for me about how good I think Illinois is, is their defense. It was really impressive to see not only just in the right positions, but the effort that the defense was giving for every possession. It felt like every possession was game on the line. Even when they're up 20, 25, they're playing defense like this is, we have to get a stop right now. And that's what you want out of a college basketball team. It's so hard to get that effort out of guys. And uh, it looks like uh, Brad Underwood has done that. And he's getting, I mean, just just flying around on defense. And I love to see it. Illinois, uh, to me right now, either the second or third best team in the Big Ten. I put them up there. Obviously, Purdue is first. But I put them right up there with uh, Wisconsin at this point, and I'm I'm looking forward to that game um, when it does happen. Uh, Michigan, terrible at basketball, by the way. The only reason I bring this up is because I was back home in Michigan for uh, the holidays for Christmas and uh, didn't stay for New Year's, but I was there for uh, right the week after Christmas. You guys don't care. Uh, Michigan had a game. It was about 40 minutes from where I was, so I went to the game, went with my nephew. Michigan stinks. Michigan is trash. Will Wade and the McNeese State, whatever's they are. I don't even know what they are. I was at the game. I'm not even sure what their mascot is. Uh, a complete clinic from Coach Wade. Talk about defense. Talk about what Coach Underwood is doing at Illinois. You got to see this McNeese State team play defense. And, you know, at this point, I don't know if I should be more impressed with McNeese or uh, just not disappointed, but just like surprised with how bad Michigan is, how bad they are. It looked like I was watching almost two different sports. And the weird thing is when they come out for the tip, Michigan's five inches taller than everybody at every position. It looked like they were just going to be able to pound the ball inside and uh, win this game going away. McNeese had more points in the paint. It was crazy. Uh, Juwan Howard needs to be fired. It's time for him to go. Um, and then, like I just said, Purdue is still awesome. They cannot lose. They cannot lose. I can't believe Northwestern beat them at this point. The way that they've been winning games and how dominant they are and uh, how perfectly they're running everything for the personnel that they have, um, I just don't see them losing another game. It's almost like the Northwestern game was a blessing for them because now they that kind of refocused them for the rest of the Big Ten season. It's going to be tough to beat those guys. I'm not saying they're for sure. I mean, I did just say they're not going to lose again, but... Uh, Man, it's going to be really tough to beat those guys. Okay, bowl games. Uh, I wrote down that I was going to talk about bowl games at this point in the year. If you don't know what happened in the bowl games, I'm not sure what you've been doing the last three weeks that I haven't been on the pod. But uh, I do want to just mention them. And I forgot to pull them up before uh, I started mentioning them. So I'm going to click through a couple things and keep talking before I get to this first game, which was the Northwestern game. And uh, Northwestern, the reason why I was so locked onto this game is because my boy Cam Johnson was playing. He scored a touchdown again, had a great game. 
Uh, Northwestern beats Utah. I can't even remember. This was so far along, so far in the past. What am I trying to say right now? Uh, it was so far in my past. What am I? What sentence am I trying to say? Somebody help me out with this. It was so long ago. That's what I was trying to say. I I kind of forgot what happened. Las Vegas Bowl, um, fourteen to seven defensive battle. It was one of those classic. Big Ten West games, everyone was tweeting, uh, you know, the Big Ten West is dead when we say it is. And that's exactly right. Northwestern said, we're not dead yet. We're going to put you to sleep with defense. We're going to score two touchdowns and win the game and cover and do all that good stuff. Uh, I mean, I have not, I feel like I have not been able to say enough about the season that Northwestern has had. Nobody picked them to win more than three games. Um, maybe four, if you're me, I picked them to win four, pat myself on the back. Nobody had them going to a bowl game. Even the most optimistic fans. I don't even think players thought they were going to a bowl game. They get to seven wins. They win their bowl game. Just so much momentum. Uh, interested to see what, uh, coach is going to be able to do. I just forgot his name for some reason. (laughs) One coach of the year. What am I doing tonight? What is really going on? How am I forgetting his name? Because Ben Bryant's name is on my mind right now. That's why. What is wrong with me? Coach. I'm going to sit here until I figure it out. What is... What, I'm just going to Google it. How did I forget his name? Tommy. I'm sorry, man. I know you listen to every show. I can't believe... David Braun. That's what I... Because it was Ben Bryant and the Braun part was tripping me up. I know it was Coach Braun. Okay. I'm interested to see what Northwestern does next year. Is he going to be able to hang on to all his guys? Is he going to be able to convince people to transfer to Northwestern and kind of keep this thing rolling? Uh, I said I was going to go fast on these bowl games. I always always love talking about Northwestern, though, so I'm going to talk about them for a little bit longer than normal. LSU beats Wisconsin in a shootout, 35-31. to Tennessee killed, killed Iowa in the Citrus Bowl. I'm kind of surprised Iowa gave up that many points, but I did say on the Bet Big episode, I thought that I actually kind of predicted this game perfectly. I said, I didn't think that Iowa was going to score, and I said I'd be sweating out the over-under, and that's exactly what happened. We got it at 36.5. Tennessee scored 35, but I just, even though I said that on the podcast, watching it and uh, seeing Iowa give up that many points was still a little shocking once I actually did sit and watch it. Uh, let's go back in time a little bit. The uh, quick lane bowl was Minnesota. They end up beating Bowling Green to get to bowl eligibility, getting their sixth win of the year. Rutgers beats Miami in the pinstripe bowl, 31-24. to Missouri beat Ohio State, a depleted Ohio State team, I will say. A lot of guys sitting out. I already talked about Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, another bloodbath of a game. This over-under was at 55, I believe, and there was 17 total points. Missouri wins 14-3. to Never seen Ohio State score three points total in a game, I don't think, in my life. It seems like as far as I can go back, Ohio State's offense has been potent enough to score 21 just getting off the bus. And they were held to three in this game. Pretty shocking. Pretty shocking. Uh, Maryland came down to my city, Music City Bowl, 31 to 13. Apologies to the Terrapins fans. I tweeted out that I thought Auburn was going to cover the four and a half the day of the game. I was eating Taco Bell burritos while I was up in Michigan. And, um, 
I was letting the burrito speak to me, and I got it right for the Rutgers game. I called that one with the burrito in my belly. And then I tried to call it again for the Maryland game, and I was totally wrong. So I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. The The thing about Maryland is, though, that I picked Maryland to beat Ohio State this year. I put my neck out for you guys, and it didn't work out for me very well. I even tweeted it out, had videos and everything. I was all in on Maryland and then fell apart at the end of the year. So there was really nothing to believe in. Tua wasn't playing. I was like, I don't know, man. Auburn's got their starting quarterback still. Just didn't feel right. Just didn't feel right, especially when you got a burrito in your belly. Like I said, burrito bets. That's going to be a new thing for me. Ole Miss beat Penn State. This is probably the most shocking bowl game to me. I thought that Penn State was going to win this game. Uh, the Peach Bowl down in Atlanta. I thought that Penn State had this one. I thought they had this one in the bag. And uh, just, I, I actually didn't watch this one. I will say. The two games that I didn't watch were uh, Penn State and Maryland, and that was because I can't even remember if they were on the same day. I think they were. That was the day that I was coming back to Tennessee from Michigan. So, uh, like I said, lots of driving time, lots of thinking time uh, while my family was sleeping most of the day in the back of the car. All right. The last one I have to talk about was the granddaddy of them all. It was the Rose Bowl. Um, obviously spend a little bit more time on this one because this game had actual, like it actually meant something. Michigan ended up winning the game 27 to 20 in overtime. One of the best games of the year, in my opinion. Now, obviously I was thinking about this earlier, uh, not to brag, but I was out exercising earlier and I was thinking about what I was going to say about the Rose Bowl and what I thought about it. But, um, it wasn't the best college football game of all time. It's definitely not that. It was a great college football game for this season. And the reason why I say it wasn't the best of all time, because from my perspective, I think it's got to be a little bit more high scoring and a little bit cleaner of a game. For Michigan, they start out the game on the first play. McCarthy throws a pick and they get it back because the defensive back's heel barely touched out of bounds. Questionable, really. His heel was kind of up a little bit. So I don't know. Uh, they get a lucky break on that one, end up uh, punting three plays later. It looked like Alabama's defense was going to step up right there from the beginning. Um, and then just more mistakes from Michigan as the game went on. There was a fumbled punt return, gave the ball back to Alabama, which led to their first score of the game. Uh, really, just a bad play. Just a bad play. Uh, Samaj Morgan, I think his name is, um, ran up on the ball. There's Sun. He's trying to make a play. I get it. He's trying to be a hero, um, but doesn't catch the ball and gives Alabama their first points, really, after a couple more plays on their next drive. Um, there was another fumbled punt at the end of the game. There was a missed field goal by Michigan. The special teams just did not come to play in the Rose Bowl for Michigan. Despite all of that, Sharon Moore called one of the best games ever. I'm going to say this. I'll say this part. He called one of the best games ever. It seemed like every play he called, whether they worked or not, was the correct play call. So, for example, he called uh, a lot of mesh running back plays, which basically means like the running back or the tight end that's in motion are going to cross, and it puts the defense out of position for the guy that's crossing. They called that on fourth down late in the game. Huge play when Michigan was trying to go down and score to tie the game. They called it on the goal line for Roman Wilson. Um, they called a flea flicker, was wide open. Had it not been from a defensive lineman busting up the middle 
forcing Blake Corum to pitch it quickly. Uh, that would have been a big play. That one worked. They called a double pass with Donovan Edwards and uh, J.J. McCarthy. That play worked even though Donovan Edwards made a bad throw. So it seemed like every play he was calling was the right play. It was just a really well-executed game plan from Coach Moore's perspective. The players always didn't do what they were supposed to do, but from his perspective, did exactly what they were supposed to do. I mentioned that Michigan had to drive at the end of the game to tie it. There was a pass that uh, I think, once again, it was Roman Wilson got tipped. Roman Wilson had to jump about 40 feet in the air to catch it so it didn't get intercepted. He brings it down, gets it down to like the uh, four-yard line, and then ends up catching the uh, game-tying touchdown, which after the game I heard him say that – I didn't hear him say this, but I read that he thought that was the game-winning touchdown, which is just hilarious. Uh, That takes him into overtime. Worried on that PAT, by the way, with all the – all the special teams mistakes, that was a very tense PAT. Very tense PAT. Uh, but they do hit it, and then it was all Blake Corman overtime. Michigan gets the ball first. He runs it twice, gets in the end zone on the second run. Offensive line was just moving bodies, and then obviously uh, forces Alabama to have to score a touchdown, and they were unable to do so after some negative plays. And then making one big pass down to the four-yard line and a bad snap on the fourth down. Leads to the Michigan victory, a victory that Michigan fans have been searching for for three years now. Third playoff game in a row. They got embarrassed by Georgia. They got probably even more embarrassed by TCU, even though it was a better game. It was a game that everyone thought that they should win last year. And then they draw the SEC power, Alabama, this year. Everyone, I even though... Even though Michigan was favored the whole time, I didn't meet very many people or see very many people online saying that Michigan was going to win this game. It felt like Alabama was going to win it, but they get over the hump, they get to their national championship game, and they're taking on Washington. Washington, semifinal game against Texas, great game, great high-scoring game, back and forth. It felt like Uh, Towards the end of the game, Texas had a drive that would have taken the lead and maybe they'd be the team that was going to the national championship. Look, I think that Texas was actually a better team, but Washington's been hearing that all year, though. They've been doubted all year. They thought that Oregon was going to beat them the first time. People thought they were going to lose in the Pac-12 championship game. Didn't happen. People thought they were going to lose in the semifinals against Texas. Didn't happen. Texas is favored in this game. Didn't matter. Um, I saw Texas play against Alabama at Alabama and beat them pretty handily. Um, And I was impressed. I watched the uh, Big 12 championship game. Texas played against, uh, I can't remember who now, but I was very impressed in that game as well. Um, I thought Texas was better. I thought they were going to win this game. But how did Washington win? It was all Penix. It's all Michael Penix. The former Indiana Hoosier goes out to Washington Undefeated season, gets to the playoffs, and just has a ho-hum 430 yards passing, two touchdowns. His release is so quick that it does not give the defense time to react to what they need to be doing. He gets the ball out so quickly. And he's mobile enough that if things start to break down in the pocket, he can get outside and start making some things happen, whether that's a throw a, a throw off of like a sec, like a secondary read for him 
or just like a makeshift, like guys are just trying to get open in zones or whatever, or he can run it and he can pick up a first down. I think he had 30 yards in this game running, which is not a ton, but uh, it's enough for what he needed to do to get the win. Um, and then Washington's defense, I feel like does need to get mentioned. Um, made some big plays. I remember the last play, I believe it was the last play of the game. There was a pass to, or the second to last play, pass to the corner end zone. Looked like that Texas receiver was going to be able to come down with it. Cornerbacks come out, cornerback comes out of nowhere, swats the ball out of his hands and uh, keeps the game alive for Washington. So good plays on defense for Washington. Michael Penix kind of carries the load on offense. And listen, this is a really good team that Michigan's going to have to face. It is probably, in my estimation, the easiest national championship they could have asked for. And that's, uh, I would say that's no disrespect to Washington, but that is disrespect to Washington. I mean full disrespect when I say that. You think about some of the teams that have been in the national championship the last 10 years even. Uh, Ohio State that's been there. Um, Georgia, Alabama, the Clemson teams that were there, the, uh, who else has been there? It's not been that many teams, to be honest. Um, who else has been there? Oregon. I mean, as far as the teams that have been to the national championship, Michigan could not have asked for a better matchup, in my opinion. Now, who did I just talk about? Michael Penix. He's going to have to win the game for Washington in the national championship again. Can he do it? I don't think so. I don't think that he can. My prediction, Michigan, 31, Washington, 24. I think Michigan's defense is too good. They proved that against Alabama. They put way too much pressure on Jalen Milrow. They're going to be doing the same to Michael Penix. Now, the difference is Michael Penix, like I just said, he can get rid of the ball quicker. He's a much better quarterback. And... From Michigan's perspective, they're going to need to have a second layer of guys ready for when Michael Penix takes off. Because for Milrow, he was so, uh, I would say, shaky in the pocket that it didn't really matter. They were there so quickly that it didn't really matter. They were going to be able to tackle him. He wasn't going to be able to get away. Uh, But I do think Michigan's defense is still going to be the factor in this game if they can hold Washington to, like I said, 24 points. I think that Michigan's offense is good enough to score in the 30s against Washington's defense. I think that Michigan's offense has confidence uh, now coming off of that semifinal game against a decent defense against uh, Alabama. And uh, the game plan that they had, just they have to be feeling themselves a little bit, I think. I think. I, I don't think they're really scared of Washington's defense. And then the third factor that I haven't heard anybody talking about yet is that Michigan played so bad on special teams that I just cannot imagine a scenario where that happens again. I don't envision a scenario where there's a fumble given up on a punt return, a second fumble on a goal line, a missed uh, a missed field goal, just miscues across the board that Michigan made. I just don't foresee that happening next week. I think that they get that cleaned up. Now, that kind of stuff happens after you take a month off. Now that they played a week ago, I don't think that happens again. They're back in their rhythm, and I think that they make more plays on special teams, and that's what's really going to be the difference. That's what's really going to be the difference. I expect a special teams big play 
from Michigan after having so many bad plays in the semifinals. Um, it was just as bad as it could get for Michigan last week as far as the special teams go. So I just think that they're going to be enough to push them over the edge. Once again, Michigan 31. I almost said Alabama. Washington 24. That's my final prediction. I think Michigan wins the national championship. And uh, Jim Harbaugh rides off into the sunset to L.A. to be the Chargers coach and goes and looks for his Super Bowl. All right. Been talking a long time about uh, football. I want to go to basketball real quick. Real quick, Got some fun stuff coming up right after I get done recording this, which is in four minutes, actually. Rutgers is about to tip off with Ohio State. Indiana, big game tonight at Nebraska. A couple teams that... Nebraska may be a little bit overperforming. Indiana kind of searching. And I say that even though Indiana is undefeated in the Big Ten right now, this is a real big test for them going out to Nebraska. A really tough team on the road. Um, let's see what the I, I don't know what to expect in this game. I'm really excited about the second game tonight, especially I've said this for over a year now. Anytime there's a game on after my kids go to bed, I get really excited about it. So Indiana-Nebraska, I'm very excited about this one, but not as excited about this next game. Illinois going to Purdue on Friday night. This is going to be a banger. Standalone game on Friday night. No other games on. Nothing else that you should be doing on Friday night other than sitting down on your couch and watching Illinois and Purdue. Two best teams in the Big Ten. Best big man. Maybe one of the best coaches. Decide which one I'm talking about for yourself. Um, and just going to be an amazing atmosphere. Mackie's going to be going crazy Friday night. Part of me wants to get a ticket to this game. Part of me, should I get a ticket? Should I go up there Friday night? Who's got a ticket? Can you tell how excited I am? If you're, if you're sitting on an extra ticket, don't you want to go to a game with someone as excited as me? Don't you? Don't you want this pretty face sitting next to you at Mackie? I'll tweet about you. I'll put you in a tweet. I'll tweet about you. I'll even let you come on the podcast. Ticket, Friday night. That's all I'm asking for is like a $500 ticket. That's probably how much it is to get in. Um, coming up this weekend, I'm, honestly, I'm glad Big Ten play is back, but there's some real duds this week, like Thursday and uh, even tonight. Like I'm not really excited about Rutgers-Ohio State, even though they've had some back-and-forth battles. Um, but Sunday, the game that I'm looking forward to probably the most this weekend after Friday night, Michigan State at Northwestern. I'm back on Michigan State. I'm back on them tough. I'm back on them heavy. Uh, I think Tom Izzo figured it out a little bit quicker than he needed to this year. Usually he waits a little bit longer. Usually it's mid-February before they start clicking. I think they could be back. I think they could be back. And this is really interesting now because... I just saw Northwestern get blown out by Illinois. So how do they bounce back from that game? I think they each have another game in between this. At least I know Michigan State does. I don't know if Northwestern has another game before Sunday. But either way, that's going to be a great game. Uh, it's a fun time of year. It's a fun time of year. You got two future Big Ten teams. I say future because Michigan's already in the Big Ten. But future Big Ten team Washington and Michigan facing off in the national championship. We couldn't ask for anything better. Got the SEC out to all Big Ten natty. You got basketball ramping up. It's all conference play the rest of the year. We're just a few months away from March. March Madness, Big Ten Tournament. I didn't even talk about the Big Ten Tournament. I got news about that. I'll wait for the next episode, though. Uh, appreciate everybody watching. I appreciate all the support. 
Uh, I'm trying to figure out a more permanent schedule for the podcast so I can be more, uh, how do I say this? So I can not rely on myself more, but uh, hold myself more accountable even. Like if I say I'm going to do it on Thursdays, I need to start doing it on Thursdays. Haven't figured out that schedule. Hopefully have that figured out by next week. As always, go follow on Twitter at Casual Big Ten. If you're watching on YouTube, feel free to drop a comment and uh, make sure you subscribe, of course. And then uh, anybody listening on a podcast, drive safely. And we will see you guys in the future.